It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Let's get straight to business. The news is out if you're a property owner in Loud or Mead, or perhaps you're thinking of putting your foot on that property ladder this year. The numbers are with us. And to take us through them, I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch estate agent Darina Collins from OREA. O'Brien Collins. Darina, lovely to see you again. Lovely to see you too, Jerry, and thank you for having me back. Not at all. You're very welcome. Of course, as Irish people, we love to know how much your gaff is worth. And uh, many people, of course, looking ahead to 2020 and hoping to get onto the property ladder. Can we begin with the three bedroom semi detached, the classic residence where an awful lot of people start off with? Yeah, absolutely. What's the story in Louth and Mead with that type of property this year? Well, if we're talking, there's there's two very different price levels uh, and markets, really, Jerry. There's the new homes and there's secondhand homes, and they're 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 poles apart, really, both in price and in in uh, what you get for your bang for your buck, if you like. So to start with the the new homes, okay, a new home which has all the bells and whistles and is coming with probably an A rating because of the new building regulations and really you walk in and you've got a cast iron, uh, economically efficient house for anywhere from 290 to 300,000 in the general area. Now I'm talking, I'm talking around the, the Drogheda, Bettystown uh, area maybe and into, into North Meath and that kind of thing. Obviously the nearer Dublin the more you'll pay. Okay. And that's for a three bedroom semi, maybe 110 square metres, that type of thing. However, if you are looking closer to home and by that I mean into the town areas where the more established, mature three-bed semi-estates are, you will pick up a quite a nice three-bedroom semi for anything from 200 up to maybe 235, 240. So there's a huge difference. Now, you don't get an A-rated house for that and it's probably out of its 10-year guarantee uh, structure with that as well. But it's an option. So, so really, I, in answer to your question, you can buy a three-bedroom semi anywhere 
in the Loudmead area, uh, any in price range from two hundred up to three hundred. Okay, so that's the the span you're looking at there. When you mention new homes, there's a lot of incentives with new homes. There are, and first time buyer incentives, mm. and more in the pipeline. If you're to believe the politicians, yes. oh, well, they'll tell you anything for the next few weeks. You know that <laughs> yourself. Whatever you want to hear, they're going to tell you. But look, seriously, there is a look at this happening. A relook at it. But it's a big call. Let's talk about first-time buyers uh, who are trying to get onto the property ladder. And you have to make that call. You have, say, a house, what you would say, say a 200, a nice house in a decent area, and then nearly 100,000 of a difference to a new house with all the mod cons that you can walk into. Yes, yeah. Sometimes you can't bridge that, you know, that's a huge amount of money for younger people to make. Yeah, it, it is, Jerry, and I don't know how some of them manage to do it, but uh, there are incentives there, and I mean, the bank, the central bank has its own lending criteria and limitations, and no bad thing. It's helped to keep it steady, Eddie, as she goes, but there are incentives for first-time buyers, and there's the Help to Buy scheme, and there are various you know, with the, depending on how much savings they have and all the rest of it. And if you do buy into a new home, then you are generally you're getting your, in most cases you get your appliances, you get your all your sanitary yes. wear, you get some tiling on the floors. So your house is nearly ready to walk into and you're guaranteed pretty well not to have no, spend another penny for the next 10 or 15 years. Mm. And you're in a nice, warm, A-rated house, energy efficient Expenses are minimum. I think we were we were saying seven to eight hundred euro to run one of these houses per annum. Now you think what you would put into it in oil? I'd pay that for a one fill of oil a year, and I need two at least completely. This is to run the house, so that's a big consideration. It's a very big consideration, and they're they're not only that, but like they are. Uh, you can often have them that they're fitted out for smart home sort of things so you can turn your heating on when you're away and you can oh, mm. listen it's marvellous what they yeah, can do the nowadays. technology so there's a big incentive on that side of, of yes. things in, in general terms in Louth and Meath is the market cooled or cooling or what for 2020 is it a good time to buy now uh, well as an estate agent we would always say it's a good time to buy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I think it probably is, Jerry. We noticed for the last year, uh, 2019 was funny because the Brexit thing was hanging over us and this was uh, self-feeding, really, that everybody was saying, oh, well, I don't know and what's whether to invest or whether to get going. But... uh, we noticed that the prices really started off at the beginning of the year and finished at the same level, having gone up a little bit for the first six, seven months, just gradually increasing it. Then they then fell back again. So we were sort of noticed. We noticed that you can you could have bought a house more or less the same price in January last year as you could in okay. December, more or less. Have you that crystal ball in front of you there at the moment, Irina, to look into? What about the next 12 months? J- Jerry, if I had a crystal ball... <laughs> I'd have been retired long You'd ago. You'd be gone out of this business. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Certainly, uh, yeah. But, 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 but it's, yeah. it's not going to go mad up by the looks of things no, or no. decrease dramatically. I think it's it's steady as she goes now. I mean, we are we are looking at an increase in supply coming on, which is good, really. And that should keep the prices as at a, a comparatively safe level for everybody that they can predict more or less where they're going to be. And I think I think it probably is a good time to buy now, mm. you know, get, and, and the prices are stabilising. Mm. And, and where there are variances in County Meath or County Loud, does it all come back to that famous name from a TV programme, Location, Location, Location? 
Look, location has an awful lot to do with it. We always say you can change what it is, but you can't change where it is. So it does matter. And obviously, the nearer now that you are to transport routes and services, this counts uh, hugely now in the value of a property. Like you can buy a beautiful home out in the country at a fairly reasonable price compared to what you'd get in town. But you have to get into your car and drive for 10 minutes if your children want to go to dancing or rugby or yes. football you're in the car the whole time and that that does mean that you will pay less for a house out yeah. there but you'll have to be prepared to do that to do the uh, travelling round yes. with, with, with yes. the wee ones yes, yeah. uh, just as an aside and as an example I was looking at there and you're right like in Ashbourne and County Mead you know a, a three bedroom semi you're right up to the 300,000 mark there when you move to Kells which is quite a bit removed from you know proximity yes, yeah. to the city you could buy one there for less than 200 about 180 so it shows you the yeah. variation oh, yeah. well it's that's the proximity yes. to Dublin and the commute distance yeah. and and if you listen to the traffic in the morning, I heard them saying this morning traffic was backed up to the Balbriggan Junction getting into town. This was at half seven this morning. Mm. I mean, so you're in Ashbourne. Yes, you, you've, you're you've very close by and your public town. transport yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything like that. It, is there a trend as well? People l- love a nice house and there are big houses for sale as well as uh, smaller ones. But come back to the space outdoors. Are more and more people looking for less garden and smaller to take care of? What are you seeing there? Absolutely, Jerry. Now, that's that's very much the case that, that people are... Now both parties are probably working in the house that managing a big garden and and a, a big garden can be anything up to up to a half an acre is considered a big garden uh, takes time takes takes effort takes money so yes we lo- we would notice that there's a, a downsizing going on and nobody really now needs five bedrooms en suite and they're looking for something smaller manageable Nice garden, bit of outside space. There's still a preference for a, for a house with a small garden over an apartment, for example, um, and particularly in the Irish market, mm. you know that that an, uh, the bit of land. Always, oh, always the field, uh, John B. Keane. It's my field, Yank. We remember it well, and it's still in the psyche uh, at the minute of, of Irish wheel. I think it will be for generations. Come back to the the uh, issue of uh, smaller gardens, and you're saying you know not needing the five bedrooms en suite. What about people who are in houses and uh, they're empty nesters, uh, and they find themselves in quite a large house? What's the potential for people like that to sell up and? downsize well that's that's very prevalent at the moment and we would find that that uh, there's quite a large demand for people downsizing but the problem is Jerry that they're competing with the first time buyers so that the market for somebody who wants to buy a smaller house and sell a large house and buy a smaller house they're also competing with the people who are getting on the property ladder that are starting with a small house with a view to going up to a bigger house so the market is quite busy at that level and you're finding that that you know we'll have people sort of saying to us but sure I have two and a half thousand square feet and five bedrooms and you're you're telling me that the difference in price that I will have to pay that I I will only get maybe a difference of 50,000 for it that I'm paying a lot for my three bedroom bungalow if I can get it compared to what I can sell my five bedroom big house on a half an acre ten minutes out of town so 
That's yes. your, that's so your you, dilemma. So what you're saying to me, and this is the, that's a very competitive space you're going yes. into there. Yes, you it know. is. And so the price is the, the, the supply and demand. Mm. Uh, that's that's what it's all about. So if you've got if you've got somebody coming in that's selling a house for three hundred and fifty in the country, with with five bedrooms and a half an acre, and they want to live in a bungalow within walking distance of the shops in a town area, they're probably going to pay somewhat similar for, for, for half the size. You're not going to have much change left. No, yes. you won't have much mm, change left. Very interesting. Darina, stay there, will you, for a few more moments with us. want to take a short break on the show. If you want to ask Darina a question, you can now, quick as you can, 086-1800-658. You can text me or WhatsApp in your question, or if you want to call in now, it's 1850-715-958. We're having a look at house prices, all types of houses, and I'm going to go on to apartments in a minute uh, with Darina Collins from REA O'Brien Collins this afternoon. Talk to me about apartments for, for a moment, because a lot of apartments were built just before the boom in the likes of Drogheda, Dundalk, Navin, Kells, the big towns in the area as well. Is there a demand still, a strong demand for apartment living? Um there isn't there there's a strong demand for any kind of rental property at the moment and that's where apartments are coming into their own but they're not really a demand from owner occupiers so uh, what that has produced for us now is that you're looking at an investment market more or less with the apartments even though we hear, Darina, that investors are getting out of this by the new time because uh, owners, and this has yes. come to the forefield, that everything is weighed against them. Yes, yes. Well, that 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 is true. And everything is, well, not everything is weighed against them. There is some balance in it, obviously. Yeah. And there has to be, yeah. Yeah, there has to be. But I, we would find that, that mainly, um, mainly uh, apartments are going to investors. So the market is slower. Because the investors aren't there in the numbers they used Mm. to be. Obviously, from the crash and the floor level that apartments went to, Mm. there has been a pickup. Oh, there has. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, in 2008, 2009, 2010, you could have bought a two-bedroom apartment for 70 or 80,000. Now, the the average price would be back up to about 150, 160. And depending, again, back to your location, if you're looking on, you know, maybe south of town, like out around Grange Rath and that sort of area, area, a two-bedroom apartment will fetch you anything from sort of one in 75, 180 up to 200, 210. Mm, But mm. if you're in town in the older developments or whatever, it just depends, Jerry. really, but you you could pick an apartment up for maybe 120. 110, yeah. so, 120. So there's, there's value there's, there. There's, there's quite a variation, yeah. but the rents are very good in apartments, and that's that's the one thing that is okay is an incentive to for an investor to buy. Yeah. Um. While you say that rents are good, we are now in a rent controlled area, uh, yes, really, yes, the, uh, most yeah. of the northeast yes, at this stage. Yes. Did you welcome that? Um, yes, I, I think that's fair enough. I think that there, that there's still a, a, the facility to, to increase the rent and it's more, contro- I know it's controlled and, and all the rest of it, but um, I still think it's probably no bad thing. The rental market has gone out, you know, it's gone really out, to, out as far as you could imagine you can get. 
if it's a new rental, yes. you can get a very strong rent for it. Mm. And you're still allowed to increase annually anyway under the rent pressure. Yes, zone by a small percentage as yeah. well. Yeah. What about old townhouses? And there's lots of them in Dundalk and in Navin and in Drogheda as well. Well, they're coming into their own now. They're coming back into their own. And like we were talking about earlier, that the, the downsizers and people who want to move back into town... Um, and the first-time buyers. So again, you can pick up. I mean, you can pick up a house in need of restoration along one of the streets in any of the towns. I'd say in Loudmead, any anywhere from eighty. 90,000. Now you'd have to spend another 50 on them to make to bring them to make them habitable. And uh, but then you end up with a little garden, a townhouse that's on the street and that you can walk into town for your cup of coffee, pick up your newspaper, you're within walking distance of transport. Um, They're smaller houses, you probably wouldn't put your two or three or four kids into them now. So they're they're attracting the first-time buyer market and the downsizers. And um, it's great to see it because it's putting a bit of life back it's into It's regeneration, the town. It, isn't it? It is, it it is, is to is. be welcomed, it really is. And there should be more incentives, I've said this before here, for, for the regeneration of the heartlands of our towns. There's a question for you. Jerry. will you ask Darina... Is this a very good time now to put your home on the market heading into the springtime of the year? In fact, will you ask or is it the best time? Right. Well, I'd say that, yes, it is probably the best time because everybody is a new year, new ideas. Let's have a look around, see if we were thinking of moving. We'll be looking at the market now. We'll be wondering what's what's available, what's out there. How houses look much better once the long evenings are coming in and the daffodils are out and there's a bit of a spring in everybody's step. And it, it is the, it is really the best time. I mean, again, as estate agents, we'd probably say any time is a good time to put your house on the market. But if you really want to take advantage of, of the seasons, this is the time to go now. And it also is that somebody who's buying a house today or tomorrow or looking at buying a house today or tomorrow effectively the run into when they actually get into it is can be you know 12 16 weeks it could be 3 to 4 months before they actually get the key especially in second hand homes and yes. you know and 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 you could be looking at may june july and you're moving mm. in for the summer you have time to do the garden and do the bit of renovation and all the rest of it so yeah it is a good time uh, you've just preempted another question that uh, come there uh, jerry will you put it to Darina about uh turnaround time from your offer is accepted all going well what's the duration oh yes that well we would always say to people you're looking at eight to twelve weeks minimum Really. Minimum. Now, having said that, we've sold houses that have exchanged and closed within three weeks. That's absolutely the exception. And then you'll have something else that'll be taking six or eight months to do it. But by and large, it would be eight to 12 weeks. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, turnaround. that's really good. And, and if you're buying a new home, obviously, and it's ready, yes. it's much quicker. Much quicker that. again. And of yeah. course, there's uh, work going on r- around the whole legals in yes. uh, conveyancing at the moment as well to make that much yes. uh, quicker as well. Uh, yeah, but then that can be a big hold up. That can be a big hold up. Yes. And it, that's very much an individual property issue. Yes. Um, the other thing uh, just came to my mind. It, it just uh, It's a scenario. Say I, 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 I own my home. I probably have a mortgage on it, but I own it. And I'm looking to move and I have my eye in a place. But I need to sell here in order to buy there. You know this knock-on thing? Yes, yes. What we call a chain. 
Yeah. And, and it's an ongoing dilemma, um, Jerry. really. And it's why we use estate agents to handle this for you, because you're looking at trying to sell. It's keeping all the balls in the air, if you like. You're trying to sell. You put in an offer on a house and you say, look, it's subject to the sale of my own. Now, we say to people, really, you're better to have your house on the market, have an idea of what it gets. You can certainly look around, but before you make offers on anything else. You really have to have the process in hand with your own So first. that's a very important piece of advice. It'll it'll leave you better set to ultimately yes. bid and buy what you're looking for. The difficulty is that if you're up against somebody who has already sold and this happens time and again Jerry. so you really need to be on the process. You have to have had your house valued, preferably have it on the market, maybe be seeing you'll have an idea what you want. You will have done your research before you go out into the market. But if you think that you, there's something you absolutely want, you know it's coming on the market, you need to get going immediately because you'll meet somebody else who is in a position to move and their offer is going to be... Mm. Yes. Even if it's not higher than yours, it's going to be more appealing. Yes. So first timers, in a way, have that advantage as well in that they are they do. have mortgage approval. Absolutely. They are cash buyers. And, and are, you need to yeah. keep that in mind as mm. well. Yes. W- when They're you're going. not in a chain. Yes. And the other end of it, too, is that w- what has happened fairly recently because of the limited supply is that you, you find a buyer for your house, but you've nowhere to go. So that's that can hold something up. If if, if I've I've sold my house to you, but I can't move, I don't want to be out in the sticks, or to, I can't find rental at the price it's at, and that can scupper it from the other end. So say I'm sorry, we're not selling after all, and you as a buyer are then left with yeah, you're a cash buyer, but you've nothing to buy. There you have it. Lots of advice for you today from Darina and you can get in contact with our OREA O'Brien Collins based in Drogheda Estate Agents. It's been fascinating talking to you today and we've covered so much ground but I think the message I'm getting is, is there's no time like the present. If you're going to go in there, now is the time. And we'd be delighted to talk to anybody who's <laughs> thinking of selling. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Darina right, Collins, thank you for joining you're me. You're very welcome. Thank, thank you, you Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to smile with the best deals on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Message in to us. If you've lost a golden Labrador in the Martry area of County Mead, he somebody onto us, they have the dog or the dog is around the area where they are as well. So if you lost a golden lab, Martry, give us a shout here at the station. Listen to this. 41 countries in seven months in a 21-year-old Jeep. Think about it for a minute. And yes, it's true. And the man who did it is with me on Late Lunch, Brendan Maguire. Welcome to the show. How are you, Jerry? Thanks. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Now, I, I have to roll back just before this journey so as people understand who you are and, and where life took you. You're originally from Monaster Boyce in County Louth. Yep. You're an electrician. Yes. And you went to Australia in what year? I think it was... Well, seven years ago. Seven so, years yeah, ago. This is around 12, 13, yeah, yeah, around that time. Yeah. I take it you left because of the situation in Ireland work-wise, was it? Yeah. Um, I had been offered jobs and things like that, but the money wasn't great. I mm. just said, ah, you only live once, I might as well go and, and see a bit more of the world. Um, so I shot off to Australia. <laughs> and you went initially, was it for a short time, and then became legal? Are we uh, not 
too legal for the time you were there. <laughs> no, I wasn't there. I wasn't an alien. Um, no, I was 100% legal. Uh, I went, I, I kind of planned to go for two years and then I stayed for a little over six. Um, it's just the way it worked out. Yeah, and, and how do you how do you get legal when you go out initially? Did somebody sponsor you? What happened? No, because I was an electrician I see. and because of my age, I could apply you for, met the criteria. For, for sponsorship yeah, or for yeah, for application for okay, residency. So just to make that clear, he, <laughs> he was totally above board. Where did you work in Australia? What did you work at as an electrician? Um, as an electrician, mainly I worked up in the iron ore mines and in the oil and gas industry, which means you fly out from Perth for most of the time four weeks, four weeks away, and then you come back for a week off. So when you're up there, you work 12-hour days, seven days a week for the four weeks, and then you come back for your week off. Um, yeah, that's tough going. It's tough hell going. Yeah, it's character building stuff. It certainly is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bank building as well. I take it there's a few, a few bob in it. I spent it on the trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get onto that. I'm just thinking. Yeah. he makes his uh, a few pound, and then it's gone all of a sudden with this journey. You, your girlfriend you met in Ireland. Yeah, and she followed you out to Australia. Yeah, followed me out there, and then. When I was when she landed out first, I was actually up in Darwin, um, and I got a job in the mines almost as soon as she landed, and then back down to Perth, mm. um, and she was happy enough. And she, she stayed with you for the duration there as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's yeah, her yeah. name? Michelle. Michelle. Say yeah, hello to yeah. Michelle this <laughs> afternoon. She'll probably hear this if she's not listening now. She'll hear it at some stage for sure. So anyway, life is good in Australia. Did you never think of staying there for good, Brent? I did, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I might even go back. Um, oh. There's no, there's no guarantee. Um, yeah, it's a really good life, really good lifestyle, really good mm. life. Um, and I kind of just landed into the perfect job just before I left. So instead of doing four weeks on and one week off, it was two weeks on and two weeks off. Oh, now um, you're talking. Now you're sucking. That's my type of job as well. Yeah, but it just, I had this in my mind. Mm. It was set. The dates were set, sort of thing. So yeah. So why why then did you up sticks? What prompted this? Was it was it the desire to do this unbelievable journey? Yeah, yeah. I wanted. To, I really wanted to to tip off and do this. I kind of well, I'd said it to a few people that I was going to go and do it, and I really wanted to do it. It was something I kind of seen a guy doing it. Oh God! When I probably just before I went out to Australia. And then when I was living in Australia, I said, wouldn't it be great to drive back from Australia to Ireland? Um, and for one reason or another, I didn't do it that way. Mm. Um, so I said, yeah, let, let's go. and let's, So uh, you decided to do it in the reverse way, to yeah. come back home to Ireland. So both of you came back. Yeah. How long are you back at this stage? When did you come back? Early last year? Or was it 2018? 18 or 19? So I got back for the trip. No, to, oh, this to year? Ireland. Oh, no, I just got back just before Christmas. Okay, from the trip. Yeah. And then when, how long, do I go back to the beginning of last year when you both touched down from Australia? Or was it late the following year? Uh, the, the year April, before, sorry. No, it was April. April of 2019. Yeah, so... And you came home. home. Yeah, Michelle came home before. Okay, right. Um, so now, now we have it context. You're home here, April 19, and yeah. you think... Grand, let's let's settle down and get a bit of work and do things at home. Not you. You have this journey on on your mind. Now the car you use, yeah. right? W- what did you undertake this journey? What did you drive? What's the I, vehicle? Uh, Ninety seven Toyota Land Cruiser. Um, and did you buy that in April last year? No, I had it beforehand. I actually had it before I left, so it sat in the shed 
for all those years. It sat in the shed for the, the, the seven years or so I was away in Australia. Really? Yeah, it sat in the shed. 1997 Land Cruiser. What engine in her? Uh, a 1KZ diesel. 1KZ TE diesel engine. Okay. A uh, three litre engine. Okay, and she was grounded in the shed. Not a bother now when you come back. Had, had you much to do to it? Um, I fitted an extra diesel tank. Yeah. Um, I put in a dual battery system to run the fridge that I, I wired into the back. Um, a bit of shelving kind of in the into the back of it um, and a makeshift bed if I needed it. Yeah. I was afraid. I had a rooftop tent for the Jeep. I was afraid maybe in some of the countries it might get whipped. Mm. So um, so you could sleep in it if you wanted. So you adapted inside, it. I, I, I slept, we slept mainly in the rooftop tent. Okay. So this journey, you start off in Ireland. 41 countries. Well, it, it, was, it was 38. I suppose 41 if you count Ireland, England and Wales. And oh, sure, you have to count it. <laughs> so come on, let's get precise here. It was 41. Yeah. So where do you head for? You leave Ireland, just quickly. Take yeah. us through, across Europe, yeah? Left Ireland, landed in France, went around, went up to France, to Belgium. Keep going, go on. Go through all these countries, go on. Um, Belgium, Luxembourg, Germany, France again. Kind of yeah. between France and Germany way down, then Switzerland... Liechtenstein, Austria, Italy. I'm loving all this. These countries are lovely. Go on. Back into France, Monaco for the Formula One Grand Prix. Yes. Um, down into Spain for the Champions League final. Um, were you at the final? Yeah, I didn't get a ticket to this year, but yeah, I, I got the atmosphere. Okay. Um, Liverpool. Liverpool. You follow Liverpool? I'm a Liverpool fan, yeah. yeah. So I was up in Belgium when they won the semi-final. I said, oh, plans have changed. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to Madrid. <laughs> so you followed Liverpool around Europe as well yeah, as yeah, part of this. I had to, yeah. Okay, so it was a bit haphazard, up and down mm. and around Europe for a while. Yeah, okay, um, so then when you head out of Europe, where did you go so then? So from Estonia... Into Beautiful Russia. country. Fantastic. Estonia. Yeah, I actually into got Russia. stuck into a, a welly throwing contest there when I was in there one night. <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. In Estonia? In, in Estonia. In Tallinn, no, not the capital. No, no, it was out, it was out in uh, the countryside. I think there's a, they have a big festival there for the longest day of the year. Well, I tell you, the young fellow from Monaster Boys can't throw <laughs> wellies second. better than the Estonians. I throw me welly at it. Yeah. You were second, were you? Second, yeah, it wasn't so, wasn't so bad. Um could laugh there and then into Russia for St. Petersburg and down to Moscow and then down to Volgograd, which is modern day Stalingrad. Yeah. Um, from there went into Georgia and had an interesting time kind of on the border between Russia and Georgia. The um, What happened? Well, it's still a quite hot area there. So there's a lot of military checkpoints um, and police checkpoints. And I went through all of them. Absolutely, mainly no problems. Mm. You know what I mean? Obviously, I can't speak much Russian. Yes. And most of them don't have much English. But uh, most of them, actually, when you pull up them, absolutely 100% sound. Um, wants to know where you're from. And say, oh, you're Landia, Yolansky. And they say, oh, Conor McGregor. First thing they'd say back to you. You know, they, they were straight in for a chat. But uh, So he's proved some use on an international basis, McGregor. He got you through checkpoints Believe in it or not, um, especially even in the stands... The stand country is the first thing they'll say to you. Uh, oh, Conor McGregor, he's a he's a massive big superstar. Is he's he? very surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what happened though? Back to the, to the sticky incident. Well, the look of the money or something. They try to stop. Yeah, you? basically, um, I came up to one checkpoint that was just two policemen on it, and I kind of said, "Oh, here we go." Now, the checkpoints there, they're they're different. You know, what I mean, there's normally guys in bunkers with machine guns just trained in your car as soon as you pull into them. Mm. All the cops have AK-47s. They don't mess around in that area and. Uh, the cop kind of pulled me in. He said, documents. Showed him the documents. And then he took me out of the car, 
I took over to his police car and he Google Translate, of course. He goes, uh, you are a foreigner. You're not allowed to drive here. We're going to have to arrest you and deport you. Um, to which I just replied, yeah, no problem. Okay. Um, I had an idea what was happening. I had an idea where it was going. Um, talked for five minutes, kind of back and forth. And I tried to bluff him saying, the police down the road said it was no problem to come this way. So why why are you different? Um, and eventually he turned around and said, look, we let you go if you pay the fine on Google Translate. And I just wrote back, um, yeah, I'll just have to contact the Irish embassy and maybe between you and them, you can sort this out. To which he replied on Google Translate, um, oh, we love and respect tourists very much in this area. You're free to go. (laughs) (laughs) And that was kind of the end of that one. Good man yourself. And it's great to know the power, you know, of when you mention that as well. Yeah. Mm. So that that was the only time really you encountered anything like that. Was it sticky? Uh, Kyrgyzstan as well. Uh, Again, the police. Money. Yeah, money and... Um, I was speeding. I was speeding through a town. Don't get me wrong, I was in the wrong. Um, but he was looking for a, a the equivalent of €250. Euro. Um, and I went back and forth for a good while and I whittled him down to a fiver. <laughs> I gave him the fiver and off I went. <laughs> so it wasn't so bad, you know. Um, so I got a good out. Got good tough nuts in Monast Boys as well oh, when yeah, it comes yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. sealing the deal with them. Yeah. Well done, yeah. you. So those countries there, you know, the Russian, former USSR and those countries you were down through as well. You do say, and I read this, that Yashguli in Georgia is probably one of the most memorable places Definitely. you've been to yeah, yeah. on this journey. Yeah, the most beautiful Why? place. It was just stunning. I suppose it was... Um, you know, people go to the Swiss Alps and love it. But this place was miles ahead. I was in Switzerland. I went to the Swiss Alps. I camped up there. I didn't think half as much of that as I did of Yashkuli because I suppose the road out to Yashkuli in itself is nearly impossible to get out there. Mm. I met a 2015 Land Cruiser on the road and he got stuck and I pulled him out and then I said, come on, we'll go together. And no, he said that was it. He was finished. Uh, the road was nearly impossible, but it was fantastic, fantastic road. You just loved it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely loved it. And then when you get out there, you're camping up at this, it's a tiny little village, mm. and you're camping in, in in the middle of this mountain, and it's absolutely Heaven stunning. and earth. You've shown me a picture there. I want to take a short break. Before I do, it just shows you that we're building them better in 97 than 2015. <laughs> yeah? Well, she made the trip. I wonder what a new one. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. Isn't he a great guy? Brendan Maguire, his adventures and travels. More from this great man after the break. 41 countries, and it is 41. Seven months in a 21-year-old Jeep, and he survived to tell the tale. Brendan Maguire is with me on late lunch this afternoon. Now, your girlfriend, Michelle, started this marathon journey with you. Yeah. She then left you in Poland. Yeah. And rejoined you? In Beijing. Was there a reason for that? Were you you worried, like, going through some of the countries we've been talking about? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I wasn't overly pushed bringing her through some of the countries in the in the Stan areas. Yes. And, and I think on the Palmyra Highway, since I left it, I think there was 17 people shot on it. Um, the year before, I think there was five people shot on it. Um, so it was, it's a dangerous enough kind of area. Now mm. I, I had no problem. I actually, another good story there from the Palmyra, um, pulled in at night time and seen a car that was trying to get across a river. There's a river that avoid, uh, like divides Afghanistan and Tajikistan 
and the car got bogged in it and ended up having to pull him out of the Jeep. And it turned out he owned the homestay where you can stay the night anyway. So I drove through the river and stayed the night where he, where he was. He wanted to buy the, wanted to buy the jeep off me, so he did. Um, I think you were a rescue service across Europe for was, about seven months with yeah, the number of people was, you helped with that jeep. A Buddhist monk got pulled out of the ditch in his car one time and there was a few trucks in Mongolia got pulled out. Um, there was only around, I think there was seven or I think there was 12 lads do you, pulled. Do you, do you ever feel things just are meant to be? You know, that things happen for a reason. You know, when you're going along. Obviously, you had no real set plan. You hadn't booked in anywhere to stay. No. Oh, God, no. Nothing like that. No, no. You just, Just next day, we'll go here or do this or move along here. That was it. When you drop out of that part of the world, I know then you head down towards the Middle East. Now, Iran is in the news at the moment. You went extensively through Iran. How did you find Iran as a country and the people? The people were amazing. The nicest people of the trip, I think, is a toss-up between... Iran and Nepal, the Nepalese were lovely as well, but the Iranians, absolutely fantastic. The first day I entered, a little guy came and he, he was looking at the jeep up and down. He didn't know what to make of it because there's very few jeeps like that in Iran. And uh, he came up to the window. He, he, his eyes just were kind of level with the bottom of the window. He's a little tiny fella and he kind of wanted to know where I was from, whatever. And I showed him, had to show him on a map, obviously, where I'm from. I couldn't speak Iranian and he couldn't speak English. And before you know it, there was... But 10 minutes later, there was 15 guys outside the Jeep having a massive argument. I thought, like, oh, what's going on here? Now, I kind of got out and I said, what's going on there, lads? And they, they, it ended up, they were having a row over whose house they were taking to me for, for a cup of tea. Like, they all wanted to take me to tea <laughs> ah. in their house. Um, I just said, whose house is closest? <laughs> and went from there. Um, Isn't that lovely? In Nepal, uh, you had to give the army a dig out. The... We crossed in from Tibet to, and there was only one road from Tibet to Kathmandu, which is the capital. Um, the road got washed away the night before we entered. It's not supposed to be monsoon season, but there was still monsoons happening. Um, so the road got washed away. We were there. Now, the Nepalese are fierce, laid-back type of lads. Um, there was a second road. It was a military road, but it hadn't been used for absolute years. Um, got onto that, and the police couldn't get down the road to start off with. There were motorbikes and, and they've kind of haven't got the best four wheel drives in the world um, so I hopped them all into my car and took them down the road as far as we could and we seen there was a bridge out and before you know it a few diggers and that turned up but they were loading them um, they make cages with stones inside them and they drop the cages into into the river to kind of to start yes. blocking across it um, so I was out like giving them a hand doing that and and what were you wearing? Them. I was like, wearing my loud jersey. Yeah, no better man in the loud, loud jersey. Loud and proud in the Great time. And the, actually, the police superintendent came up and lovely people, Iranians. I ended up staying the night. We ended up staying the night at the police superintendent's house. Um, absolutely no problems there. Fantastic oh, country. Lovely, lovely. And then, of course, like, like I know I'm only flitting through this. You head to the Far East, uh, China, Tibet, India, Myanmar, Thailand, uh, Cambodia, Malaysia, before you get to Singap- Singapore, which is your ultimate destination. What about China? Uh, China, you must have a guide. If you enter China in a foreign registered car, you must have a guide. There's no way around it. Um, the guide's expensive um, and it's slightly restricting. Um, 
so don't get me wrong, I've seen the Great Wall of China, um, a lot of steps in that. <laughs> That's uh, when Michelle rejoined you? Yeah, Michelle rejoined. At that point? Uh, yeah, in, yeah, I met her in Beijing and then we went back up to the Great okay. Wall of China. Um, I've seen some plenty of really re- the people, the Chinese people on the streets, lovely, lovely mm. people. Um, they all meet up in the centres actually and have these like, they're mad, they're like group exercises in the centres, maybe on a Sunday night, and they'll all have uh, like, you'll see women 60 years old and, and rave music playing and they're bopping their heads away to the rave music. It's <laughs> it's a it's a mad else bop. We, we swapped guide then for Tibet and this Tibetan guide was brilliant. Uh, completely different type of personality. He rocked up with a, you know, a long hair, leather jacket, sunglasses and an oxygen tank because it's so high up. Um, we went to Everest Base Camp on that when we were there. Um, this guy rocked up and gave us a blessing and threw a couple of scarves around their heads and off we went sort of thing in Tibet. Very controlled in Tibet so far as the police wanted to know where we were at all times. Um, checkpoints everywhere. I mean, I had tools obviously in the car with me. Um, had to hide things like the hammer, the cooking knives, even like a butter knives. Everything had to be hidden for the police checkpoints. Really? The gas, my, I had gas for cooking. And it got taken off me in Tibet. Little different bits and pieces like that were going mm. on in Tibet. Um, were you able to get gas after that? Did you pick it up somewhere else? Or? I just had to buy a different canister yeah, yeah, regular yeah. in, in and, India. And, yeah, And so put it put it on. You see, on, your yeah. old skills and electrician yeah. and being handy like that come to play there. Um, you mentioned there about the people. Isn't that generally the case in the world, that the people in countries are nice? But when you have to deal with authority, police... You know, it's religious, it's political. I think that's where it gets into the equation and messes it all up. Just a general comment from yeah. listening to what you have to say today. Um, then into Thailand, Cambodia, Malaysia, Singapore, that neck of the woods, that end of the world. What do you say about it? No, oh, fantastic. I had a good time. Um, definitely Thailand, stunning country as well. Um, we entered at the top around Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai, and then went into Laos. Um, Lao was good, good laugh, good out cracking Lao. Many, many pints had in Lao, let me tell you. So we're not there, Jerry. Um, pints of what? Pints of anything and everything. I don't know. Pints of antifreeze, I think, at some stage. So I was drinking. I didn't know what I was drinking. I didn't care. Um, but it was a good, it was driving along and people people would hand you pints out. The back. They'd be obviously on the back of a flatbed pickup or, yeah. and they'd just hand you in a, a bottle and you're driving past them nearly, you know what I mean? So um, You weren't breathalyzed, were you at all on the way? No, God, no. God, no. <laughs> How did the vehicle hold up? Did you have any breakdowns with it? Did it need tyres? Anything mechanical issues? Yeah. Um, I had one issue in Europe, probably from, from it sitting up, and that was the brake pipes were, were kind of diminished from sitting up for so long. Perished. Perished, maybe. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, fair play to the guys in D-Side in RD Auto Factors. They sent me them on um, in D-Side Auto Factors. Sent me them on to Poland. I, I fitted them there. Well done, D side. Um, and then I had, I suppose I had two breakdowns. Now the car actually never stopped, but mm. an alternator went in Kyrgyzstan, and I had a spare with me, so it took me about an hour to change it. No bother. No problem. And then I blew a brake pipe in Myanmar or Burma, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it took me about an hour to fix that as well. But generally speaking... Oh, generally speaking, fantastic. Fantastic advertisement for them, yeah. 97 yeah. vehicle was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. What did you do with it when you got to the end? I shipped it. It's parked outside. 
I shipped it back to uh, I shipped it back to Southampton and picked it up in Southampton last week. Um, and yeah, it's back here now. So I have to, I had to bring it back. Um, you have to for customs reasons. You have to bring it back. Okay. into the country. So yeah. There you go. What an adventure. Brendan, you've had. Yeah, yeah, decent, decent time. Yeah. Oh loved no, it, loved no. Every minute of it. I tell you, I, I, over I, the years here, I've met many people who've done different treks here and there in the world. This is something else. Yeah, what you experience? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely a brilliant time. I mean, if it could, you know, if, if you know, people, I don't know, people put different priorities on things. You know, you could go out and buy a new Land Cruiser. For I don't know what they are, big I, big money. Yeah, I bought an old one and drove around the world, um, and ended up the same same cost. You know what I mean? It'll be tough to top this in your lifetime, won't it? It will be, yeah. But you never know. You know, I'd, I'd love to ship the same car out to maybe Canada or South America and drive up or down. Do so, the whole lot. Do the whole lot. Yeah, right from the top to the right bottom. down. Yeah. Up Alaska, it. north to Canada, right down through Canada, the States, through Central America, right down to the bottom. Yeah, but I don't think it'll happen now in the next couple of weeks. I'll <laughs> start saving again. Well, I know you will. I know yeah. you will. But it's in your mind, which is which is great to hear. I would not write it off with this guy, folks. Were you ever afraid? Uh, I tell you, I'm twice as afraid in here talking to you as... as <laughs> As I was on the road. Um, <laughs> Not a bit of it. You're a natural sitting the I other side of that microphone. I suppose one night in Nepal, the road broke away from underneath the Jeep. We were driving up the side of a mountain for a camping place and the road broke away from underneath the back of the Jeep and it was seesawing on the, the side of a mountain. Um, and, uh, I mean, when I tried to drive out, it, it just went further down and mm. it was... It was a big drop, um, but look, I, I took my time and took ten minutes and, and dug. I had a shovel and a, some max tracks in the back of the car and dug it out. And in Nepal as well, another night, there was a river crossing. I think it was about seventy meters wide, and the water was above the above the lights up, up to the bonnet of the jeep for the seventy meters. Um, that was there was landslides and everything on that mm. road as I was driving along. That was that was an interesting night's drive. That was like driving on the crossbar of the H of Hell sort of thing that night. You know, it was. It was rough stuff. Indiana Jones. I'm just sitting here thinking that as uh, I look at you. A, pale, look at a very pale version oh, of Indiana Jones. You just yeah. need the hat now. That's all you need. You're the man, Brendan Maguire. Anyway, look, time's beating us today. Thank you for joining me on the show. It's been wonderful to experience some of the highlights of an absolutely wonderful journey. Congratulations to Michelle and yourself again and do keep in touch with us. Thanks very much. Thank you. Some boy, that Brendan Maguire, I've just been outside having a look at the Jeep. It's incredible. And if you saw the place that he slept in, oh my word, it's amazing. Anyway, we'll post the picture shortly. Now, my next guest on Late Lunch today is one of the young guns, a rising star in the world of country music who since quitting as a music teacher in 2012 has recorded a number of really special albums, released several hit singles and now tours extensively with his own band. At the moment, Kieran Rosney is on the road with his highly acclaimed Glenn Campbell story, Gentle On My Mind, and he's ours for the next while on Late Lunch.
Kieran, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm Kieran Rosney. <laughs> <laughs> you got you the. You may old, remember that I, one, Jerry. Uh, well, I, I've heard it many a time. You got <laughs> the old strap line in straight away. <laughs> well, Kieran, yeah. tell us this: Why this tribute to the great man Glenn Campbell? What put it afoot? Well, it's it's been it's been in the back of our mind for a few years. I mean, a few years back, a friend of mine, I was playing somewhere. He says, "Yes, yeah, you sound a bit like Glenn Campbell." And that put it in my mind initially a few years back. And actually, within a space of about two or three weeks, another person said it to me. So I said, look, I knew Glenn's hits and all that. And um, I said, look, let me have a look into the man's music a little bit more. And I started getting into his music. And, of course, you know, two years past, uh, he passed away, Glenn did. And it was, a, you know, it was a, it was a big, big storyline with Alzheimer's and everything. And I, I started really getting into Glenn's music. And I could sing in the same key. And, of course, I, 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 I played a guitar as well. And, um, you know, I, I just got a, a liking to his music and his guitar playing and you know it, it was quite scary how resemblance we were yes <laughs> so yes but uh, so yeah. the rest is history now at this yeah. stage because you're on the road with this wonderful show and you're bringing it to the northeast shortly and we're going to remind people about that in a few moments mm. but but here's the thing i, I watched uh, that documentary of glenn's final years on the road his final yes. year on the road yes and then he lived for a few more years after that as well mm. i think it was m- one of the most touching stories I've watched in a long time it was you know I think it was incredibly brave Mm. of him and his family yes you know I mean a lot of people would say maybe that he shouldn't have went on the road but you know it the last thing to go on Alzheimer's is music and and Glenn it was just it was incredible to see that he could still get up on stage and play guitar like no man's business and and sing incredibly and they actually had only planned to do a couple of shows and yes. they, they ended up doing like you know like a 150 I think that's right All, massive a, 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 tour world tour yeah and um, it was it was a, a credit to him and a credit to his family you know and his, his children was with him on stage and look at I thought it was I thought it was fantastic and it, it highlighted highlighted Alzheimer's as well and you know I think it made it made people aware of the illness and right. and, and all that. And Absolutely. Now he has some catalogue of oh, songs hasn't un- he? Unbelievable nearly 80, 80 albums I mean the man recorded more stuff than, than anybody he spent more time in the studio and he was obviously he was one of the most sought after musicians of the late 50s and 60s and I mean he, and he even said himself he used to make more money in the studio than he did on the road because he was part of the Wrecking Crew. They were they, they played on virtually nearly every album in America in the sixties. You know, and uh, Sinatra, Beach Boys, and Mamas and Papas, and and you know a lot of some of the Beatles stuff and. Um, Elvis, Sinatra. I mean, it was incredible to think uh, the stuff that they did. And, um, you know, he he was a very humble man Mm. as well. And Mm. look at he, he he, he was just, he was, and and to think then that he spent almost a decade of, of, um, trapped in in alcoholism and, and drugs. And to get through that yeah. and still come out the other side, it just was incredible. He know, was so, a but, wonderful, wonderful guy. But will he, will you let us have a, a little listen to something from Glenn there? Yeah, from the show, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, in the show, there's about 26 songs and... Um, well, I mean, we have all these hits and stuff, and it was very hard, obviously, to, to pin it down because he got so many songs and so many mm. recordings and hits. I mean, he had, at one point he almost sold, he was selling out Elvis, you know, and um, so to pin it down. But I mean, all these hits there, of course, Wichita Lyman, one of my favourite songs of all time. And those beautiful chords of Glenn and the Jimmy Webb, of course, you know. 
I am a lineman for the county And I drive the main road Searching in the sun for another overload I hear you singing in the wire I can hear you through the wine And the Wichita lineman Is still on the so on Jerry you know yeah absolutely and he's going to give us more <laughs> aspects of Glenn as we talk on at late lunch this afternoon now talking about guitar and you you first picked up that uh, beautiful instrument at six years of age yeah well I suppose I was surrounded by, by music and and uh, from you know since I was born really I had two older brothers John always was singing in the in the hall and playing the guitar as far back as I can remember and I it was just a natural thing for me I started on his guitar actually which was quite a big guitar it was a full size guitar I, I couldn't really manage it but uh, we, uh, we got through it and I started getting lessons at around six and um, we just carried on from there and I just never left it down really since, you know. Maybe people don't know this about you, but classical guitar and Kieran Rosney. Tell us that story. You went on yeah. through education and, and... Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, I, I wasn't a big lover of school, but I, I managed to get through it and, <laughs> and get my leave insert. And I, I went to Moat Community School, which is a great reputation for music. And um, so I studied music as part of my leave insert and uh, classical guitar and then kind of taught myself at the start. And then I got accepted into college. I was down in Waterford where I did my degree in music and I used to go to John Feely, the guitar player in Dublin, uh, the School of Music there, and he got me through my degree and also a master's in classical guitar as well. And yeah, at one point I used to travel around Europe to all the different festivals and John Williams get master classes and uh, David Russell and Manuel Barroeco and some of the great uh, classical players. And um, I was part of uh, the Dublin Guitar Quartet at one stage and we, we played a lot of contemporary classical music, which was... Which was uh, it was tough going now. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> but, but here's the $64 million question. Yeah. Pull a country must have been huge for you to take you away from all that. Yes, well, look at You see, I grew up, this is the thing, Jerry, uh, which is a bit strange for people to understand because I, I, I grew up with country music. It was just something that we took for, you know, just, just we took for granted, really, because uh, I was always singing. I, when I got those early guitar lessons, one of the things the teacher used to do every week he'd give us a song or maybe two songs and we'd learn them and each week I was learning new songs so I was very I had a knack at learning a song I could learn the words of a song very quickly and I suppose you know within a short space of time I had a lot of songs and a a, a lot of guitar music and um, we just took it for granted we were always singing in the house and then I was part of my brother's band growing up and we played the pubs and we we played around. We just, you know, I, I I put myself through college playing playing as well. Yes. And I, even when I was getting lessons with John and buying those expensive classical guitars, um, I I did it all through country music, you know. And um, then I suppose as I further went on through education and through the academic world, I actually taught in Dundalk for a, a few years. Did you? Yeah, we set up the music department there and in DKIT. Yeah, and. Um, 
I, that's, I, was, I was lectured there for a number of years, but I became more and more involved with the academic role and, and less playing guitar and singing. And, and so I think it actually got to me, Jerry. I, I got kind of down and I got ill and stuff. And um, I, I just suddenly, I met my wife in the middle of all it and, and uh, we'd say, listen, I've got to get back out on the road here. I've got to get back singing and playing. This yes, is what I love doing. And boy, have you! We're getting <laughs> lovely messages. Keep oh, them coming for okay. Kieran this afternoon. Oh yeah. eight six eighteen hundred six five eight is the text number. You know it well. Or WhatsApp us for free. Call in on eighteen fifty seven one five nine five eight. Ah, oh, Kieran says Alice Hanlon. Really good luck to you, and oh. well done on this fabulous concert you're bringing mm. to uh, the area. Another one there. Wishing Kieran all the very best of luck with his concert and his career. He's one of the best performers. I've ever seen, says Anne Kenny this afternoon. Keep them coming to us. Um, But look, you are regarded as a rising star, a leading light. Come back to Glen Campbell for a second and we'll talk more about you in a moment. Give us another few bars there, will you, before we go to a break? Yeah, well, I mean, supposedly I'm playing on the acoustic today. I do a lot of the songs on the electric and I have my full band, of course, Jerry, on stage. But, you know, some of those great licks that that, that Glen had. Lovely. You know that one? Galveston, oh Galveston I still hear sea winds blowing And I still see her dark eyes glowing She was 21 when I left Galveston Galveston, oh Galveston I still hear sea winds crashing And while I watch your cannons flashing I just clean my gun And dream of Galveston I love this bit I still see you standing by the water Standing there, she's looking out to sea And is she waiting there for me On the beach where we used to run Well, I keep going, Jerry Galveston, oh Galveston I am so afraid of dying Before I dry the tears she's crying Before I watch your seabirds flying in the sun At Galveston At Galveston Something like that, Jerry. Ah, you know something. <laughs> yeah. And they wonder why I love coming to work every day of the week and sitting in the studio. Around there. <laughs> I can tell you that's one of the reasons why. Ah. Kieran is bringing his wonderful show just before we head to a break to the TLT in Drogheda on the 1st of February. That's a yeah. Saturday evening. 
good God, it's going to be packed, I guarantee you. He's going to talk more and play a little more just for you after the break. He's bringing Glen Campbell right here to the northeast on the 1st of February, Saturday night, TLT. Kieran Rosney is with us on Late Lunch this afternoon and he's given me a pair of tickets to give away today on the show to one of you. Listen, this is going to be a blockbuster of a night. Do you want to go along to see Kieran in action, covering all the greats of Glen Campbell? Here's the question. Kieran Rosney hails from what county in Ireland? From what county? It's in the Midlands. Can we give a little clue? Mm. That's enough. We'll say no more. It's a Midland <laughs> county. What county did this man hail from? Get your answers in as quick as you can. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text us now. We'll pick a winner before the end of the show. Listen to this. Julianne McCullough's been on from Dundalk to say, Hi, Jerry. Kieran is such a brilliant performer on stage. Oh. And better still, he's a really nice guy. I want to wish him all the best of luck. I always go to see him. Last time we were in the TLT and draw for the Darren Mahan LMFM yeah. show. That was a great Yeah, and, and, and Julia uh, says there it was absolutely oh. fantastic. Thank you for your lovely message Thanks to us this you, afternoon. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned there you have your own band now on the road. You're touring. You've been out to Spain on the big... The big country shows yeah. with the great and good as well. It's great. It's it's a roller coaster, Jerry. We're, we're, we're living the dream, you know. We're, <laughs> we're living the dream, and we have a busy year ahead, actually. And a new album out. Um, great. It's going to be out in the next week or two weeks, uh, officially out, um, which is great. So that that has all my tracks for the last two years, including uh, my own my own songs, which is the title track, "Back in My Heart Once Again," and um, another twelve songs that we brought out as singles over the last two years as well so hasn't hasn't, though in general the country music scene and all boats been rising in recent times well it has i suppose i mean there was a a great a great it got a great boost with nathan carter and and that wagon wheel was a massive hit for country music you know but you know it's always been there jerry i suppose and it, it has Bigger times than than others, I suppose, but it's always been there. But absolutely, with 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 the, with the youth that's coming up, it's great. And you know, um, I certainly enjoy myself anyway. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you are. But you know, isn't it fantastic to be living your dream? You know, to to uh, study as you did, to teach, to be at yeah. the classical, and then to be called back home, so to speak, and now yeah. really making a, a fantastic go of it. Look at it; it's absolutely and and. A lot of thanks goes to my family and and the people around me who kind of support me because mm. uh, to try and make it on your own is virtually impossible. You know things have to work right. Not everybody gets to live their dream. I mean, there's a lot of elements involved in being on the road full time. You know, there's you need a, you need a good support. With, I think I'm married. I have my wife Jean and our kids. You know, so you need great support from those kind of uh, family connections. And yes. um, you know, my own mom and dad is still uh, alive. They're actually part of the show. Um, the Glenn Campbell because actually Glenn used to bring his own mum and dad a lot on onto shows and uh, so it's very special having them on the show What's with their me. names? Come on, give them well, a shout out today will Yeah, you? Kieran and Bridge Kieran Senior and Bridge Rosney We so. say hello to them yeah, this they're afternoon They're probably tuned in Jerry. You have it. a great boy here yeah. I have to say yeah. You really do Those Spanish outings that you went on with uh, the Amigos yeah. and people yeah. like that they're huge as well aren't they? But don't the fans of those really love them? Ah, it's a, it's a really great week you know I mean, you got the sunshine and 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 the people are in a, a really nice hotel. I was in the the boogie on the Bravo with Robert Mazel, and this year I was over. I'm going over with Patrick Feeney. Uh, um, he does a trip to Portugal in October, and I, I think I'm out with Jimmy Buckley as well this year. So we have a busy f- busy you few weeks. But they have. It's great. No, mm. it's great, and the people, of course, are all in great form, and mm. it's great atmosphere. You know. 
But it seems they're always in great form when you're on the stage <laughs> looking at all the messages here oh, and coming into us this great. afternoon on the show. When, back to Glen again and this wonderful show. Again, I remind you, it's TLT yeah. Draw to Get on to the theatre if you if you want to go along. First of February, it's selling well and it will sell fast because people love Glen Campbell and adore this man who's with me yes. today. When you look at his repertoire of songs, and I was trying to... Yeah. I sure had to stop writing this morning thinking <laughs> of all he had. Like, when you talk about Galveston, which you sang Wichita Lineman, Southern Nights, Gentle on My Mind, Try a Little Kindness, Honey, Come Back. I could yeah. keep going and going. Yeah. Have you a favourite Glen Campbell song now that you, you know, yeah. you're working? Well, I suppose, this. look, at Wichita Lineman is, 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 is probably one of my favourite songs of all time. But um, there's, there's so many. There's so many. Like, Glen had a very special... Uh, Unique, he was brilliant at, at, at picking a song, mm. and he always picked songs with a good storyline and uh, a good message. And you know, he had such great songs. Like, and we've got songs like "Letter to Home," which was a really great song. And I mean, I, I just love every song on the show. I have to yes. say, and um, there's a lot of surprises as well. I mean, Glenn was the first to record "Highwayman," which mm. was a big hit for um, okay for the for the highwaymen. Yes, you know, yes, but. Um, yes. Um, well, look, look yeah. do you see that clock up there? I <laughs> yeah. have three minutes left three minutes, before okay. I have to break for the border and news and sport yes. at three. Okay. Would you play something for me if I asked you? Well, look, at, you can't mention Glenn Campbell without calling him the rhinestone ah, cowboy. Yeah, now you're <laughs> just singing off the same hymn sheet. <laughs> anyway, before we finish with Kieran, yeah. reminding you again, 1st of February, TLT Drogheda, mm. what a show in prospect. Tickets available from the theatre, give them a shout there. Yes. And we have a pair of tickets. If you want to enter the competition, which County in Ireland. It's a Midlands county. Does Kieran Rosney hail from? Thank you so much for joining me. I've so Jerry, enjoyed your company. Thanks, thanks for having me on your show. God bless you. Rhinestone. Rhinestone. Here we go. Well, I'm walking these streets so long, singing the same old songs. I know every crack. In these dirty sidewalks of Broadway Where hustle's the name of the game When nice guys get washed away Like a snow in the rain Well, there's been a load of compromising On the road to my horizon But I'm gonna be where the light's Shining on me Like a rhinestone cowboy I'm riding out on a horse In a star-spangled rodeo Like a rhinestone cowboy Getting cards and letters From people I don't even know And offers coming over the Like a rhinestone cowboy Riding out on a horse In a star-spangled rodeo Like a rhinestone cowboy I'm getting cards and letters From people I don't even know And offers coming over the Like a rhinestone cowboy. The late-
Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to smile with the best deals on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Kieran Rosney brings his tribute to Glen Campbell to the TLT in Drogheda on Saturday the 1st of February and we have a pair of tickets to give away to the big night and the question was from what Irish county does Kieran Rosney hail and Louise the answer is Offaly County Offaly, the fateful county. A lot of Westmeads coming in there, mm. but it is Offaly, we can guarantee you. And the winner of the tickets is? Margaret O'Brien in Castle Bellingham. Well done to you, Margaret. You love the show, I promise you. It's selling out all over the place and what a night is in store for everybody. Five-piece band and more besides on stage on the 1st of February. Louise is in Studio One wearing a bright red jacket <laughs> with a woolly hood on her. I'm, I'm just describing her to you as you listen today. Louise, what is going on in that studio? There's always that one person that's always cold and that's me. Are you I'm cold? Freezing. Yeah. And what am I sitting here in? In a short sleeve t-shirt. Well, <laughs> short sleeve shirt. <laughs> and I'm roasting. Oh yeah. Do you know what it was? My hands are? are freezing. Yeah, you're always cold, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am. And are you all is it is that year long or are you okay when the warm oh, weather no, comes I, in summer? I bring summer? these pajamas to to France <laughs> on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> It's very romantic just thinking about that. <laughs> Fleece pyjamas and me do me and, me, and myself. France, yeah, very good. <laughs> so you feel cold all year round, do you? Yeah. And what is it? Do you do you ever wonder why that is? I don't know. I'm sure there's is a lot there of reason people that for always it? feel cold. Anybody out Women there? are always feel colder than men. I think it's a proven fact that it's something got to do with we need two degrees more heat. Well, our Katrina Callan turns that on its head. One woman we know that we work with who always has the windows open. (laughs) (laughs) She may be the exception to the rule. She turns her back and I close them. (laughs) (laughs) It's open, it's closed, it's open, it's closed. (laughs) I've worked in environments like that where that happened many moons ago, I can vouch for it. But it probably is, as a general rule, women are colder. Anything mm. Louise could do to warm up folks today? Would you like to give her a little bit of advice? Learn to knit a jumper. Uh, what, <laughs> what can she do to warm up? Have you ever experienced this yourself? Cold hands, feeling cold and done something that's warmed you up, that you can take this jacket off. I'm looking in her and I'm thinking that I'm uh, in the North Pole or something at the minute. I've, one, I've two jumpers on underneath As it. well, yeah. under the jacket. If you have any suggestions to warm Louise up. More coffee. Now keep them clean, keep them country. <laughs> <laughs> now what some of you are thinking out there, you old devils. But anyway, look, <laughs> if you have suggestions, 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text us or Knit call in at 1857 never seen a knitted nighty before, <laughs> well, look, actually. <laughs> I, I have a suggestion for you. Have you ever grown your own vegetables? No. No. Well, here's something that can actually warm you up because you're out in the outdoors, you're moving, doing little bits and pieces. Yes, you know, it makes more sense for more of us to grow our own in whatever little patch mm-hmm. or space that we have. An allotment. There's an idea for you. You've got an <laughs> allotment. Hey, you have an allotment where you live already so you can do it beside your own house. But allotments are really great places to get warmed up <laughs> as you dig the ground and sow Depends your vegetables. And it doesn't matter about the weather. It'll be warm <laughs> when you're out there moving, I promise you. Anyway, we're going to chat about allotments on late lunch next. Tell Louise to put a hot water bottle up her jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine the looks I'd get walking around the shops. 
imagine if you got a leak as well. Oh my God <laughs> almighty, that's health and safety. We couldn't do that. Keep the suggestions coming. We love them. Anyway, moving on a late lunch. I got Aaron jumpers as well, by the way. Did you? Has that come in? Mm-hmm. Aaron's, Aaron's are warm. They are warm. Get knitting, Louise. Come on, we need okay. the needles out. I could. I know somebody that might be able to help you there. I'll talk to you about it after <laughs> the show. Anyway, One Change is a very interesting article that appears every Saturday in the Irish Times weekend magazine. It's all about sustainability and it's written by Macon Megan. Megan, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Macon Megan. And it, it, it's really interesting. He has lots to say about different things each week. But a couple of weeks ago, he mentioned uh, this and it was the theme of his piece. Why is it so hard to find an allotment in Ireland? Well, is it? Well, we're going to find out now because joining me is treasurer of Kells Community Allotments Group, Andy Bogie. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Well, well, are there allotments available in Kells? There is actually. There's, we, we we always have a, a small range of allotments available every year. Well, we call them plots, but um, and we have a range of sizes. Some of them start from they're about 50 square meters up to about 160 square meters, depending on how active and energetic the person feels <laughs> who wants to take it on. If you want to warm up, get the bigger one like Louise and leave the smaller one to someone who feels the heat every day. Look, 50 square metres is a fair bit of ground. You'll, you'll produce quite a lot from that space. Well, you can. I mean, it's usually room for about four beds and that allows you to rotate and keep it simple. Um, a lot of the things, a lot of the times we get people who take in plots and they're just starting off and then a bit unsure. We always encourage them to cover half of it and just work on one half. And then when they're finished for the year, they can cover the half they've worked on and move on to the next one. And it, it just takes a lot of the work away for them. Mm. So there's a lot of the message today is available in Kells. And if you're around the northeast anywhere and you're involved with allotments and you have availability, do get in touch with us and let us know. 086-1800-658, WhatsApp, text or 1850 if you'd like to call in. How much does an allotment cost a year to rent? We have a range of prices that start from between €40 Euro a year up to €90 Euro a year for the largest. Ah, oh, that's very good value, I have to say. And when you sign up for a year, are you guaranteed the following year or must you commit to a number of years or have you any rights like that? Well, it's just, it's it's, it's actually an 11-month licence you sign. Um, right. But you, you have the same plot for as long as you want. Okay. Um, and and if you take 100 square metres, you know, the bigger plot, or the biggest plot that you make available there, am I allowed to put a wee shed in it or a little plastic tunnel or even a, a small glass structure? No, you see, we got the um, we got the land from the council. It's kind of common land in Kells. Uh, it's the area around Lloyd, and it's belonged to the people of the town historically for centuries. So we got it under those um, under those terms, but we have to be careful in terms of what's put up there, and we're not allowed to put sheds up or any real permanent structures. Or okay. Anything. So okay, uh, so th- so they're out. So so raised beds or growing directly in the ground or cloches or anything like that are fine. Yes, are perfectly fine. Yeah. Now, if I don't know a lot about this, and I decide to take the smaller plot from you, four beds. What's the best plan of attack on ground like that? To create four raised beds and infill it with uh, manure and uh, topsoil or whatever, compost? Yeah, I mean, there's different ways of doing it. I mean, a common way is to put the four beds down and then just dig the paths out and turn the turf upside down into the beds. Yeah. Uh, It saves an awful lot of work. And then if you you grow potatoes in those beds, it, it all breaks up nicely for the following year. 
Um, and again, this is that the rotation is important. So if you if you have the four beds and you have potatoes in one, you have the brassica in the other, the, uh, the, the peas and um, and then the legs of the, the root vegetables. Mm. Rotate that every year. It, and the, the raised beds makes it less digging as well. It's just that a few inches off the ground means it's, it's better on the back. Yeah, and, um, yeah, drains better as well, of course, on, on, on heavy Irish soil. You obviously have a, a number of people uh, working the plots, as you call it, there in Kells at the moment. So if I arrive as a rookie, are you a helpful type of folk? Will you will you loan me equipment if I need it? Will you give me advice? Will you give me a little bit of help? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's part of the ethos of the it's a, it's a community plots. As they were run on a not for profit basis, as you noted, the prices are a good value. So all the money we get gets ploughed into it, and we have community cleanup days where everybody's up cleaning up at the same time. That means trimming and tidying paths, and then but. Yeah, advice is there is is, is very common, um, mm. and uh, we're always willing to help people out, lend people tools, um, help people dig things over, or trimmed back, give them a head start. So it's we do that, um, but but we do insist and encourage people rather when they're starting off, though, not to get too ambitious because you know some people think big from the start and then. They can wear themselves out in the first month and they end up with nothing at the end of the year, if you see yeah. what I mean. So yeah. it's, it's keep it small and uh, realistic. You're right. And uh, going back to the potato, there's nothing uh, like potatoes, as you say, to break up ground, but in for the first time and hopefully with a little bit of care, you'll have a lovely crop from them uh, come come summertime. So th- there are plots available there at this moment in time. How long are you involved or how did you get involved yourself? Yeah, well, it was it was... Probably 11 years ago. The plots have been in place for 10 years, but we've been involved. Um, I mean, it, it, it started off just people come to the door, and myself and my wife were just, you know, politicians knocking at the door, looking for votes, and we say, why is there no allotments in Kells? And that's really kicked it off. And then um, Tommy Grimes, the, the late Labour councillor, he, he was very enthusiastic, and he helped me set up meetings with the councillors and stuff. And we're meeting after meeting with the officials and the councillors, and eventually... A group of us got together, and um, the, the council gave us two acres of land, and that was back in 2010. So, um, and since then, when we first started off, we had no water. Um, there was nothing really other than the fence around it. So we drilled our own well because uh, before the first year, people were bringing their own water up, but we collected the subs and got enough money to drill a well, and now we're we're independent on the waterfront. We'll just pump water on a regular basis through the summer and fill it into tanks and stuff. So. Um, so that's where we're at now, and uh, we're, we're looking really looking for a, an old shipping container if we can get one, or, or an old, an old, um, you know, the, the workers' sheds, something mm. like that, where we can just have it as a, a central point in the allotments. That's what we're, uh, yes. our next target is to fund one of them because, you know, people are signing up for a plot. It's nice to be able to, to go into a hut, yes, <laughs> of course, a chair and fill in the forms rather than it's inevitably yes. windy and rainy when people come up. <laughs> Well, listen, there's an appeal today from uh, the the plots in Kells. If you can help them out there with a type of a container, you know what we're talking about, that they can use a sort of their little HQ in the middle of the place so people can go into uh, and have a base for things. Um, if you're listening today and can help them, they'd love to hear from you and we'll put you in touch for sure. Is there much going on? We're in mid-January now. When will it start to get a bit active? Will you see people up there starting to make preparations? Well, People are probably starting towards the end of the month in early February, mm. but again, people are preparing. A lot of it's about planning ahead. Like, cause, I mean, first time I got a bit organised this year, so I put manure in the beds in October. I covered a lot of beds up, so when I, when I start in February, 
I've actually have a lot less digging to do. My paths are a mess, but my beds are great because they're all covered. So I can more or less plant straight away. And, and that's what we always suggest and advise people. It's just like September is when you're really starting to plan for the following year. Mm. And, and Louise would be warm if she decided to do a bit of gardening. You can guarantee that. There's plenty of heat in the activity. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, if people listening today want to get in touch with you in Kells, how do they touch base? Do they just travel up there and try and meet somebody or how? Well, we've got a Facebook page, Kells Community Allotments, and um, as I said, and my phone number as well. You can contact on there. We've got a phone number on the Facebook website. Lovely. But Facebook's probably the best way to get it because, you know, we've all got... Um, you can miss a call through the day, but if it's on Facebook, we, we get the message sure. straight away, and there's a few of us looking after that. Ah, that's great, that's great. Well, Andy, listen, uh, just to get the message out, there are allotments in the Kells area, and I'm sure more besides available, and they'd be very interested in talking to you. Check out the Facebook Kells Community Allotments, and you'll find out all the details there. Happy gardening! Okay, great to on you, Jerry. Thank you. Take Bye-bye. care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Andy Bogey there. Nice to talk to him this afternoon to dispel that rumour that they're not available. Ben's been back on. He still has that golden Labrador, Louise, and he says if you need a bit of exercise to warm you up, well, you know what that Labrador is. You have a dog of your I own. Have, she have. has been. She's already right. she has the dog. That That is for sure. Thank you for all your suggestions. And I have a warm heart. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can vouch for that. Corny the is. warmest ever. Cold hands, warm heart. I think it certainly applies in Louise's case. Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch for this Tuesday afternoon. Have a nice evening. Back tomorrow at half past one. Uh, but before all that, we leave you in the company of Madonna and La Ila Benita. See you tomorrow. Be warm over there. <laughs> it will. Como puede ser verdad? Last night I dreamt of something. Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.